sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Where's the good old LeVar Ball? Well, you know, you're saving it for your dopey TV show? Is that it? Come on, brother. You're better than that. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. To Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Monday, November 23rd. Sitting in for the next new glorious hour and taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-P-I-C-A-D-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls again right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Monday, November 23rd, just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving. Well, too much time left for Mahomes. Lions sleeps tonight. Bungles lose the battle and the war. Dolphins lose the battle, but perhaps not the war. Center of attention in L.A. Let's not shake hands on that. Uh, Roger and out. Put up or pay up. Celtics pay up. Perfect 10. Imperfect 11. And sorry, Indiana. You play to win the game. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here again on a Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Monday, November 23rd. Good day of uh, NFL football yesterday, capped off with a wild one last night, and with the chefs uh, knocked off the uh, L.A. slash uh, Las Vegas slash Oakland, uh, you pick a city, uh, Raiders, 35-31. Raiders had taken a lead with less than two minutes left by three, but <clears throat> if there's time left on the clock, and a couple of timeouts, uh, Kansas City had enough time to move right down the field. They scored in the final seconds, and they end up winning it after picking off a desperation Derek Carr throw. And uh, we'll get into that. So uh, KC prevails last night, 35-31. Cha-ching, cha-ching. The over hits our play of the weekend as we love the over. It was a big number in the NFL. 56 and a half is a lot of points. College football, no, but NFL it is. Uh, but that was just the uh, the culmination of uh, bad news for the Bungles, bad news for the Dolphins, and uh, even maybe a good news for the Bungles. We get it all, bagels and bad beats, right here on this Monday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bad Beats on this Monday 
morning, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. We will open up the phones here in a little bit, uh, but uh, Monday's uh, generally a little tough. We'll try and squeeze them in uh, if you guys have the uh, urge to, to give us a call. We'll start with last night's game. Kansas City knocked off uh, Las Vegas 35-31. As I mentioned, you know, Oakland slash Las Vegas, L.A. I, I pick a city with this dopey team, right? Uh, but they actually played well last night. I, I am surprised. I, I really It's not a bad football team. It's its really not. You know, they're on the cusp of really maybe doing something finally uh, with the Raiders and, and the, uh, you know, the Gruden regime, if you will. Uh, after beating Kansas City in Kansas City earlier in the week, uh, earlier in the season, rather, we all figured, I, I would have thought anyway, and, and the numbers, the trend numbers were all favoring Kansas City. I, I really thought it's not a blowout. But, you know, I figured this would be a double-digit win. Let's put it that way. The Kansas City would say, you know, okay, let's show how great we really are. And uh, you know what? Uh, They did win the football game. But in a lot of ways, you know, the Raiders showed more in losing than maybe Kansas City did show in winning. That Kansas City defense, back to, you know, earlier last year, before they kind of turn things around a little bit in their stretch run. Boy, it's got some holes. You, you could throw in that football team. If Derek Carr and company can throw on that football team, and he did three touchdown passes, 275 yards, wasn't sacked, you know, more importantly, perhaps, that team is beatable. It, it is. Uh, the Raiders just weren't able to take it last night. They led 31-28. They scored with just under two minutes left. But again, it's Kansas City. How many people? I don't know if FanDuel... You know, late in a game like that, they generally pull their in-game lines down. But I wonder what the line was. And I just wonder, in general, how many people said, all right, Kansas City is going to at least tie this game. We're at least going to overtime, being down only three, uh, just under two minutes left. It's Pat Mahomes. It's the Raider defense was already giving up 31 points. So I'm not surprised they were able to march down the field. I am surprised, though, that Travis Kelsey, why? I, I mean, just absolutely wide open with less than 30 seconds, all alone in the end zone, touchdown pass, and Kansas City wins at 35-31. Man, you, I mean, how do you leave their bet? Well, listen, they got a number of good wide receivers, because we could say be saying that against Tyreek Hill as well. But, I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. How in the world can you leave Travis Kelsey? We're talking wide open. And these teams, they play these dopey zone defenses, 22 yards out. I'm not talking about, like, a little five-yard pass. I mean, a 22-yard pass. And Kansas City wins 35-31. So they improved to 9-1. and one. Mahomes goes for three, uh, 348, two touchdowns, uh, wasn't sacked, only one interception. Carr goes for 275 and three scores with one interception. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire ran for 69 yards. Uh, Jacobs ran for 55. I mean, it was basically mano a mano, Mahomes versus Derek Carr. Uh, Vegas led early on, 7-0, and then back and forth it went. Uh, they were actually leading at the half. Uh, 17-14 before Kansas City took the lead. Well, a real good game. Man. It was a solid football game and, and one that maybe the Raiders can take something out of it. But, you know, the Chefs showed why they're the Chiefs. You know, they, they showed why they're the best team in the NFL on paper anyway, rallying and, and uh, coming down the field in the final two minutes, 35-31. So that, that storyline, number one, they improved to 9-1. and one. They do stay a game behind the Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, remained undefeated yesterday, going 10-0 and as they knock off Jacksonville. Kind of figured that out of Jacksonville. You know, it's a uh, – I know it was a big number to lay, double digits with Pittsburgh on the road, but you have a mediocre to god-awful team like the Jaguars are, and they put forth a monumental effort like they did last week at Green Bay, darn near winning the football game. It's tough asking teams like that to perform like that back-to-back weeks. 
You can get an effort out of them one week, but chances are the following week they're going to go back to being a one-win Jacksonville Jaguars team, and that's what happened yesterday. Uh, any thought about Jake Luton being their quarterback of the future, forget about it. I know Gardner Minshew was hurt, but four interceptions yesterday. It, it took Pittsburgh a little while to get rolling, but once they did, that was as much of a ho-hum 24-point win as you'll ever see. I mean – Pittsburgh could have won that by 44 points if you really asked them to. So uh, they improved to 10 and 0 as uh, they stay a game ahead of Kansas City in the battle for home field advantage. And maybe even more importantly, remember only one playoff game gets a uh, one playoff team gets a bye this year. You know, with the seven teams, it's only the number one seed that gets the bye. So not only are the Steelers in this case getting the home field advantage, but they're also getting the bye. So that that's really you know maybe even more important than home field since there aren't going to be any fans in the stands. The other storyline is, uh, you know, Joe Burrow yesterday blowing out his knee, probably torn ACL and MCL. I don't play a doctor, but I did uh, stay at a Holiday Inn a couple of nights ago. My wife threw me out of the house. So I'm guessing he's done for this year. And, you know, the question is this. You blow out an ACL and an MCL. Now, it's not the end of the world. This is 2020. I get that. But there the bungles sit with two uh, two wins. Now, chances are, the uh, it's, it's amazing how history repeats itself. Much like last year, when the, uh, you know, the one-win uh, Bungles team was taken on, uh, at that point, a two-win Dolphins team with, you know, a, a big switch in, you know, the uh, draft order on the line and the Dolphins win in overtime. Remember that game? I bring that up only because, you know, there are the Cincinnati Bungles again at 2-7-1. Now, they're not going to catch the Jets for the worst record. So New York is going to be sitting there with the number one spot, you know, them or Jacksonville. But they could fall into the number two or number three spot. You know, I don't know if the Jaguars have two more wins in them. Maybe they got one more. They would still take another win since the Bungles tied. But point being, you know, Cincinnati could, with two wins right now, finish in the top two or three draft order. Fast forward, NFL draft. You seemingly have at least now two tor- uh, two quarterbacks um, that are out there with Justin Fields kind of emerging, although this past week against Indiana, he didn't do himself any favors. But, uh, you know, you have now obviously Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And if the Bungles end up with the number two overall pick, I'm not saying they would be necessarily ready to move on from Joe Burrow, but, you know, you blow out your ACL and your MCL. We're laid into this season. There's no guarantee, if, if that is the case, that he's going to be able to play next year. And if, if you want to go real conservative with if the Bungles, you know, you know, chances are he doesn't start next year because that's usually at least a full year. So if you're into a full year next year, week number 11, and you're 2-7-1 and one next year, are you really bringing back Joe Burrow? What would be the point, right? You know, when we see these injuries with the Gold State Warrior players, whether it's Durant two years ago and then now it's, uh, you know, Clay Thompson again this year, and what would be the point of bringing him back in, in a season in which you have four or five games left and, uh, you know, you have a couple of wins, which would probably be the case. So, you know, when you add all that stuff up, just a little little nugget on whether the Bungles would go after a quarterback. Uh, if they ended up finishing, like I said, with the second worst record, which at, at this point, you know, and I bring it up the Giants just because they're the Giants sitting, you know, with a, a couple of wins. You know, they only have three, so it's going to be one of the teams they're going to be battling for, you know, the number two, three, or four spot. So wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Bungles at this point just to lay down, right, and and, and continue to lose. 
I nope. hope so because I plan on taking the Giants in my uh, survivor pool next week. So, but that's just horrible news. And I got to tell you, that is so weak from CBS's standpoint. They didn't show a replay of it. If you go on YouTube, like anything else, you know, not only do you find old bagels and bad beat shows, but you can see the replay of it. And and listen, it, his knee got bent sideways. It, it did. What are you going to do? We, we've seen that enough times now. I mean, his leg didn't fall off. Uh, if you would have, you know, saw the reaction, heard the reaction of CBS, I mean, I don't necessarily blame the players. It's kind of like a Dak Prescott, they all came on the field. That That's fine. I get that. But CBS saying, well, we're not going to show you a replay. I mean, are you kidding me? Come on. This is 2020. Show us the freaking replay. You know, you're asking us to turn the TV set off and turn on YouTube. That's what you're basically asking us to do. And when you go to YouTube, as I did after the game, you know, he got hit from the side. It's a, it's a typical injury. Um, unfortunately for him, his leg got planted and it didn't give. So when he got hit in his knee, instead of the, the, the leg giving out and him kind of like falling over, it stuck to the ground and the knee went sideways and it went sideways. I, I mean, you know, I can only imagine how painful that must be. Oh, you know, it's one thing for your leg to go up and down forwards, but think about it going sideways. <laughs> Man. And it went sideways. It did. But, you know, CBA, you got to show that. Have some balls. I mean, come on. It's 2020. Show the freaking replay, will you please? His leg didn't fall off. Wasn't that bad? All right, bagels and bad beats. A whole lot to get to right here on a Monday morning with your food. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Monday morning, 844-843-Again, 844-843-6879. Recap in the NFL from uh, yesterday, starting with last night. Kansas City knock it off. Oakland, uh, 35-31. Steelers remain undefeated at 10-0. Joe Burrow goes out season ending, I'm sure. Injury blows out his knee. ACL, probably MCL, BFL. You know, pick a letter, you know, pick a phrase, and he probably tore it up because uh, it was a gruesome-looking injury. Again, taking CBS to task for not showing it to us a couple of times. I mean, listen, this is 2020. Uh, we've seen five zillion things going on around the, you know, the, our world here. Uh, they could show us a, a leg injury. His leg didn't fall off, but uh, it was nasty. And if you're the Cincinnati Bungos, boy, I tell you, every, you think you've taken a step forward and you take a couple of steps back, carted off the field, third quarter. And, you know, I, I you tell you what, you show a lack of character for the Bungles, you saw it yesterday. You know, you, you saw a lack of leadership, a lack of character, and you've seen why the Bungles haven't won a big-time football game in three decades. You know, as soon as Burrow went off the field, the Redskins scored three times. Three times. The next possession, boom, right down the field. After doing nothing, after scoring a – I don't know if it was an opening drive or not, but after scoring a first-quarter touchdown – uh, the Redskins had been doing absolutely zero for the last two quarters. The injury occurs. I get that. You know, it, it's a tough injury, tough to see. Your compadre getting taken off the field on a cart and everything else. But the Bungles showed just no character whatsoever, just zero. 
Uh, it was all Redskins after that. Ryan Finley, gosh, he just sucks. I understand that. But, you know, show a little something. Show a little fight. How about the old win one for the Gipper type of thing? You know, let's not let Joe down. They were actually leading 9-7 at the time, and that was it. They were done. I don't know how many first downs, if they got any from that point forward, with basically the entire second half left. It, like I said, it was all Redskins. It three scores. They, they could have won that one by, you know, 20 points had they converted on a couple of touchdowns instead of field goals. Uh, but, you you know, you wonder why the Bungles are the Bungles. That, that was it. Instead of rallying, uh, you know, and kind of, like I said, win one for the Gipper, they just laid down and died. Just absolutely laid down and died. Uh, you know, so it's, it's funny. You got Joe Burrow, you know, who, whose season is obviously now over. Then you got two tags. You know, he's supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. He was brutal again yesterday. He got benched in the fourth quarter. I thought he was taken out originally, and I still believe it to be the case, but I thought he was taken out because of an injury because he was hit in his legs as well. Uh, they're saying that, no, they just took him out because he stunk, which, you know, I'd rather have that than have him get injured. So if that's the case, then that's the case. But he was brutally threw for 83 yards yesterday. I've been telling you this, and I'm a Dolphins fan. And I'm watching these games, and I know they've been winning, but, it, you know, uh, I, I told my daughter it was only a matter of time before that Dolphin defense would not be able to carry the offense. You can't. You can do that for a game. You can do it for a couple of games. You know, maybe you could press it for three games, but eventually that quarterback has got to perform, and he really hasn't. You know, he had, he's had one good game now in four. Uh, I'll give him credit for the game against Arizona. That was a nice road win, going to Arizona, win that football game, but He's gotten lucky the last couple of times, you know, had two of his wins. Uh, it was helped out by the defense, either scoring touchdowns or setting up short drives. And uh, yesterday was a similar situation. You, know, you throw for 83 yards through basically three quarters. I mean, you're just not going to win football games. And you watch him. You watch him play. He doesn't look any good. He just, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, a, a bust. And I'm not going that far. Uh, but I'm telling you, right. And you, they may have to put him back in there as a, they said they would. You know, they got the Jets now, fortunately, coming up. Although the Jets, you know, again, uh, second straight uh, game, they put up a, a decent effort yesterday against uh, the Chargers. But So you're going to have to learn your lumps. The question with Tua Tags is, is he a bust or are you just learning the lump and learning through his lumps? You know, is, is he going to get better or is what we've seen, you know, really him? Because I got to tell you, watching, you know, Josh Rosen and watching, you know, one thing a Dolphin fan, as I am, will be able to tell you, you know, we know something about bad quarterbacks, all right? We, we've been watching bad quarterbacks for the last literally two decades, all right? For 20 years, we've watched a lot of bad quarterback play, whether it's Gus Farratt, whether it's Jay Feeler, whether it's Josh Rosen. I mean, there's a litany. I don't have to go down the line. There's about 20 quarterbacks since Marino. And they've all basically stunk. We know a bad quarterback when we see one. And right now, Tua Tags is a bad quarterback. They've won these last few games thanks to their defense, thanks to special teams. And I get all that. That's all part of the big picture. We'll take the wins. Six and four, not bad. But he was awful yesterday, as he's been basically the games he's played outside of the one game against Arizona. So I am not surprised they lost that football game. I told my uh, my podcast the crew that uh, I would put the black cloud on uh, the Denver Broncos by uh, putting them in my survivor pool. And they all scoffed and said, oh, no, 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 it's Denver. You know, you're not going to get credit for that by putting in Denver and having the Dolphins win. You know, the Broncos sting. Oh, OK. All right. You don't want me to do it. You want to you want to challenge the Wetzel black cloud? Really? OK. You want to taunt? 
Not only challenge, you want to taunt the Wetzel Black Cloud? Really? Okay. I won't put the Broncos in. And what happened? You know, so Tua plays lousy and, and the Dolphins lose a game in which if they're a playoff team, you got to win. You, you got to find a way to win. You, you just have to. Now, it's not easy. And one of the reasons why I thought Denver had a halfway decent chance yesterday is just because it's not easy winning six in a row in the NFL. I don't care how good or bad you are. You know, winning six in a row, or I don't care how good or bad the competition really is, uh, you know, it's tough unless you're a really great team. And no one's saying the Dolphins are a really great team. It's tough to have that kind of consistency six weeks in a row. It really is. Uh, and so that was one reason why I thought the uh, Dolphins were due, you know, for uh, a letdown slash loss yesterday. And then you throw in two tags up against that, you know, pretty good Dol- uh, Denver defense. Doesn't get a lot of credit, the Bronco defense, but it's actually very good. If they had any, any kind of offense, they'd be in the postseason. But uh, they don't, so they won't. So I, I'm not surprised that Tua struggled. I'm not surprised that Miami lost, disappointed in both. But, you know, I, th- again, not that the Dolphins are ready to turn the page on Tua at, you know, whatsoever. But what I've seen of him, he's Josh Rosen light. You know, he, he's Josh Rosen on the left side with a left-handed quarterback versus Josh Rosen being a right-handed quarterback. I, you know, I, I don't see anything out of him outside of his scrambling ability, and that's all going to go away. You know, listen, just just ask the Bungles now about Burrow. And I got to tell you, time and time and time again, these quarterbacks that are scrambling, now Burrow didn't get hurt scrambling. He was actually, oddly enough, standing in the pocket. But it's only a matter of time. These quarterbacks that run around, the guys that stand in the pocket are getting injured. You know, guys that are scrambling around, you want to make the case that maybe that actually helped them a little bit? Eh, Maybe, but I, I don't think so. It's, it's only going to be a matter of time. Eventually, it's going to come down to two as a ability to throw the football, and we have not seen any. And don't tell me about how accurate he was at Alabama because he's missing receivers that are wide open left and right. He's not an NFL quarterback. He, he just isn't. And, and I know that uh, the Dolphin front office, including head coach Brian Flores, kind of scoffed at the notion that this was a, uh, you know, a, a demo, if you will, on whether they're going to move on from him. You know, I, I don't know if they would do that after one year. He has showed some promise, I suppose. But, you know, if he continues to struggle, you know, and, and not be able to throw for even two, forget about 300. He can't even throw for 200 yards. I mean, this is the NFL 2020. You and I, uh, Jake Luton can throw for 300 yards, for goodness sakes. All the stiff they had in Dallas threw for 200, 300 yards in those uh, games that they played. When Dalton was out, I mean, so if Tua can't even throw for 200, I don't know how you'd go into next season thinking that he's going to be the star quarterback if he struggles down the stretch here. But, you know, good litmus test for Tua against the Jets next week in that not that the Jets are good. They're not. They're awful. You know, the defensively, they're brutal. Right. So if he can't really perform well against the Jets next week, throwing the football, not scrambling around. I'm just talking about a drop-back pass, throw the football. If he can't perform against the Jets, then I'm telling you, you got to be a little leery. You you know, the Dolphins aren't going to get a high draft choice, although they will have the Houston Texans draft choice, and Houston didn't help the cause anybody beating uh, New England yesterday So for their third straight win. So that's probably going to end up being about a top 10, you know, right around 9, 10, 11, 12 or so pick. Uh, because they do have Detroit on Thanksgiving Day, so that might be win number four. So any any thought of that being a top five pick, that that's not happening. But, you know, hopefully right around 10 or so. I, I don't know if the Dolphins would draft another quarterback. I kind of doubt it, but um, two has got to show us something. Speaking of uh, the Lions, boy, what a joke. Oh, gosh, they are just awful. 
just absolutely awful. I, I feel for Lion fans. I do. You know, you had a chance yesterday to get back into the thick of things in, in the NFC. I mean, they're four, as bad as the Lions are. My daughter says it, too. It's like, Dad, I can't believe the Lions are four and five. You know, we, we make fun of them all the time. And yet, you know, they actually got four wins. I was like, yeah, I know. You know, believe it or not, you know, they win this week against, a, a you know, an awful Carolina team, which has a backup quarterback, which hasn't, you know, played in the NFL. He's an XFL guy. He went to Temple, for goodness sakes. He wasn't even great in Temple. He just got a good relationship with the head coach, Matt Rule, who was his coach at Temple. I mean, outside of that, I mean, you know, they should be able to win this football game, go to five and five. And then you host Houston on Thanksgiving Day. You know, the Texans sitting there with two wins, you know, heading into yesterday. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the Lions are actually uh, in a position to win the, the six and five. But no, not the case. Not the case at all. So they lose yesterday. They played awful football. Shut out by Carolina. One of the worst defenses in the NFL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. On this Monday morning, poll question time. Here's Julie Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. All right, the NFC is as wide open as wide open can be. Not really so much in the AFC. It's basically a two-horse race now. It's Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I think Baltimore showed, uh, for whatever reason this year, they are no longer uh, on that same perch as those two teams are. So let's go to the NFC where it is really wide open. Who's going to the Super Bowl uh, from the NFC? A little popcorn radio with our poll questions, as we like to do. So we have Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans, and the proverbial other. Posted it not that long ago. So uh, early on, it's the Saints, 30%. The Seattle and Green Bay tied uh, for uh, second with uh, just over 16.5%. And then the proverbial other actually leading the way at uh, 37% with uh, a bunch of Tampa Bays thrown into the equation. So wonder why I didn't put Tampa Bay on there. Well, first they're in second place. And, uh, you know, New Orleans is first. So you got to go with them. Green Bay's in first. So you got to go with them. And Seattle is the perceived best team in the NFC West. So those three, but that's why we have the others. So don't take offense, uh, Buccaneer fans, that uh, your team is not listed. So go to Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S, get your vote in there, and uh, we'll update that uh, uh, a couple of times before we are through. But that is it, you know, it, it is as wide open as wide open can be, right? You want to make a case for Green Bay, despite what happened yesterday, and I can't believe they lost that football game. You can. Seattle, you can. New Orleans, you can. Certainly Tampa Bay, you can. I mean, those four teams, absolutely right. I'd be a little surprised if there was anyone else. But, you know, you want to tell me that the Rams can turn it on? All right, not, not uh, you know, the craziest notion. Uh, you want to tell me that, that after watching Dallas play yesterday that you think the Cowgirls are back? You know, all right, I, I don't think they're Super Bowl back. But uh, I told you, and I told you so, I told you so, and I told you so. You got to listen to the program here if you want to make a couple of shekels. What did I tell you on Friday, right, about the, the, the Cowgirls, right? Seven to one odds on FanDuel to win the division. Seven to one. That is unheard of. 
That's basically what the bungles were at the beginning of the season to win the North. I mean, you don't get seven to one odds on a football team to win a division. You just don't. I mean, there's only four teams, so you got a one and four crack at it. So as long as you're just halfway decent, you got a fighting chance. And Dallas, it was just a game and a half back. I mean, it made difference. You got you got Philadelphia in first place, and again, as we talked about on Friday, they have by far the toughest division, or excuse me, the toughest schedule left out of the teams in that division. They still have the Saints. They got Green Bay. I mean, they they have a landmine worth of football teams that they have to face. I don't know how they got screwed and got all these tough games, whereas the Giants and Dallas Cowboys have as easy a schedule as you could possibly take. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, leading the division out by a half a game, have to play Seattle next week at Green Bay, then the Saints, then they got at Arizona, which won't be easy because they're fighting for a playoff spot, and then you finish up with at Dallas and Washington. I mean, that is a brutal schedule. So I told you on Friday, go get the Cowboys at 7-1, to one because their schedule is a complete joke. It's as easy as easy can be. Giant schedule, not not difficult, difficult, but uh, more difficult than Dallas, that's for sure. I, I mean, Dallas is scheduled. This is why Jerry didn't want to give up on the season, much to the chagrin of many Cowboy fans for whatever reason. You know, they, they play at Minnesota. You could make the case that that Minnesota game was the toughest game left on their schedule. They got Washington Thanksgiving Day. At home, they do play at Baltimore, but clearly Baltimore is not the Baltimore from uh, last year and a couple years ago. But tough game at Baltimore, definitely. Then they play at Cincinnati, which was easy to begin with. Now it's really easy. San Francisco at home, Philadelphia at home, Giants on the road, which, you know, New York slash New Jersey is uh, like a second home for, for, for the Cowboys with all their fans around here. I mean... Washington, Cincinnati, San Fran, the Giants, and Philadelphia, along with a road game at Baltimore. That's as easy as you could obviously ever have. You know, outside of Jacksonville, that would be the only one. Um, you couldn't have had an easier schedule. So I said, grab the Cowgirls at 7-1. to one, And, uh, you know, I didn't think they would beat Minnesota. I, I you know, kind of figured Philadelphia would have a tough game at Cleveland. But I said, you know, if the right scenario occurred, Cleveland beats Philadelphia. Maybe Dallas loses to Minnesota, but they win the following week against Washington. You survive this little gauntlet of at Minnesota, Washington, and at Baltimore. If you can get at least, I figured, one win out of that, chances are Philadelphia is not getting any. You could head to the final four games of Cincinnati, San Fran, Philadelphia, and the Giants just a half a game back. You're sitting pretty. Now that now the Cowboys can be in first place. I mean, how great would it be now holding on to that 7-1 ticket? I'll take a look and see what it is now. I bet it's not 7-1. I'll tell you that. That Eagles team is awful. Guy, Carson Wentz just absolutely stinks. Oh, my goodness, are they a bad football team. I mean, that was there for the take. It was 7-0 Browns at the half with their only touchdown coming on defense. Uh, picking off a Carson Wentz pass that was uh, taking uh, 40-plus yards for a score. Otherwise, the Cleveland offense did absolutely nothing. And uh, Philadelphia could, and he, the Browns even had first and goal and couldn't score. And the Eagles gave it right back to them with a safety after they were stopped at the one yard line. I mean, you cannot perform any worse than what Philadelphia, boy, we've had some bad football teams this year. I mean, just embarrassingly bad. Um, but that, that is just, they fall to three, six, and one. And, but there they sit in first place in the NFC least. And then back to the Lions there, just to follow up on that. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, the as bad as the Lions are, they go into yesterday knowing that chances are if they win, they're tied for a playoff spot. And that's how it would have been. They would have been tied with the Chicago Bears for the uh, final playoff spot in the NFC, you know, with seven teams getting in this year. Uh, Saints one, Seattle two, Packers three, Bucks four, uh, Rams five, depending on what happens tonight, but they're going to be four and five. Uh, Cardinals six, Chicago at five and five is in the seventh spot. Minnesota with their loss and now Detroit with their loss are tied for the eighth spot at four and six. So Detroit, after beating Washington, and it wasn't a great win that they held on for dear life, had to know just go into Carolina against a backup quarterback who's never played in the NFL before. Carolina doesn't have their best running back and best offensive player in Christian McCaffrey as well. They don't have their starting quarterback. The defense blows, and the Lions lay an egg like they do, losing 20 to nothing. Man, that, that is just brutal. Just brutal. <clears throat> I mean, I know they had a bunch of injuries themselves, but how is that possible? You, you want to know what, what the Lions season is? I, I tell you what. Two plays, really none, signify the Lions season. Now, it's 20 to nothing, game's over, right? Less than two minutes left, about a minute and 50 or so left. Uh, Carolina's getting set to punt. It's fourth and like eight or nine. Detroit jumps off sides. All right, no big deal. Make it fourth and four. Carolina's still punting. Lions jump off sides again. <laughs> Carolina retains possession, take three knees, ball game over. There's your Detroit Lions season. When you, when you ask for a sequence of, get summarized, you know, I missed the 2020 season, uh, Scott. Uh, t- tell me what the, the Lions season was like. That'll be it. There's the Lions season. Now, the game is over. I get that. But still, um, there's two minutes left, basically. And the team jumps off sides, not once, but twice on a punt. And Carolina gets to keep the football. They take three knees and the ball game is over. Boy, just pathetic. Just absolutely pathetic. I don't think, I don't care if it's Adam Gase, Zach Taylor, uh, you know, pick another head coach. I am not uh, as positive of a head coach losing his job any more than I am Matt Patricia in Detroit, even though they're four and six. Even though, you know, listen, if they showed any character, right, they got three and seven Houston coming to town on a short week this week playing Thanksgiving Day. Detroit wins to improve to five and six. Again, they're right there. They would be right there challenging for a playoff spot. But we know it's not going to happen. You just know with Detroit it's not going to happen. That to me, you know, as far as number one shopping block, not whether he deserves to be fired or anything, just he's got to go. He just has to go. Matt Patricia in Detroit's number one. Even more so than Adam Gaze with the Jets because as I tell dopey Jet fans around here, listen, he may not be a great head coach, and as a Dolphin fan, I've lived it, so I'm not debating that, but he's been behind the eight ball. I mean, he's playing with the broken-down Joe Flacco. He's been playing with no wide receivers. Uh, Frank Gore, you know, 99-year-old Frank Gore is his best running back at this point. You know, he's got players opting out. You know, his best defensive player, Mobley, opted out. His second-best defensive player demanded a trade. His best running back, Le'Veon Bell, demanded basically a trade. His quarterback, starting quarterback, and, and quarterback of the future uh, has been uh, missing more games than playing games than Sam Darnold. I mean, he's got a litany of excuses. He does. Whether you think he's good, bad, or indifferent, a- at least if I'm a Jets front office guy and I believe in this guy for some crazy reason, 
I could easily make the excuse, all right, you deserve another year. You, you just do because nobody, I don't care if you're Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, or Bill Belichick rolled into one, you're not winning with that Jets team. So he deserves another shot if you like him. Um, you want to go Zach Taylor. I mean, listen, uh, what happened yesterday might be the worst thing in the world for him because he's 421 and one in two seasons with the Bungles. And I don't think they're winning again this year. So that would mean back-to-back two-win seasons. Only two years? Is it his fault? I don't know. Is he really the quarterback or the uh, the head coach of the future? I could see the Bungles making a change, certainly. You know, you got a couple of interim head coaches in, in Romeo Cornell with Houston and, and uh, Raheem Morris with Atlanta. Uh, you can make the case that they both deserve a shot to, to get jobs on a full-time basis, both minorities, which would certainly help their cause, right, you would think. So, I mean, there are a number of teams out there that might be looking for uh, head coaching changes, but none so more that needs it than Detroit. Just, just a brutal showing yesterday. Just absolute brutal. You know, five sacks on Matthew Stafford. Lions gained 185 yards total offense. 185 against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, knowing that you have a chance to move into a playoff spot. Ugh, just awful. P.J. Walker threw for 258 yards and one touchdown. Uh, it just You couldn't get any worse than what, uh, what, what the Lions did yesterday. It's so rare, so rare to get shut out. It's so difficult to get shut out uh, in the NFL these days, but they somehow or another managed to pull the trick. Indy beat Green Bay 34-31. Uh, I, I'm shocked. You know, that was the one line that didn't make any sense to me. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a Phillip Rivers fan. I uh, never have been, never will be. So whenever I see Phillip Rivers getting the respect that he's gotten over the last few weeks with the boys in Vegas, but I, I must say, you know, this Colts team did go into Indianapolis and and they beat, the, or excuse me, they went into uh, Tennessee and and they beat the Titans, and uh, you know, then now they've beaten Green Bay, you know, albeit at home, but still, I didn't understand why they were a two point favorite. Most people didn't, and lo and behold. Uh, they rallied from 28-14 down. Uh, they tied the game. They ended up taking the lead. There was a sequence. I'm flipping channels back and forth, and every freaking time I turned on to the uh, the Colts-Packers game, the Colts had the football after they had scored. I'm like, what, what is going on? You know, Green Bay turnover after turnover after three and out second half. They blow a 14-point lead. They end up tying it. And I tell you, you know who lost that game yesterday? I'll tell you who lost the game yesterday. It's not Valdez Scantling, that wide receiver who uh, fumbled the football in overtime. Aaron Rodgers lost that game yesterday. It, it, it takes a genius like uh, yours truly, Mr. Vegas, to pick up on these things. But, you know, for a guy who's been in the league as long as Aaron Rodgers has been, he absolutely blew that game yesterday. I'll tell you why when we come back. we got to take a break. We'll update the poll question as well. Just complete inexperience on a guy who's been a veteran, a Super Bowl winner, and everything else. Uh, so playing the wide receiver for fumbling the ball, to blame Aaron Rodgers, that game even going to overtime. I'll explain when we come back. Maybe that means something. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Make them the Matt Beats on a Monday morning. 844-843-6879. We'll try and open up the phone's uh, second hour. We'll update the poll question to hour number two as well. But to finish the thought, here's why uh, Aaron Rodgers is to blame, not the scantling uh, for the Packer loss yesterday. He pulled, it a, he pulled a rookie mistake, not once, but twice. Final drive of regulation, in essence, uh, you know, the last one for the pack, because they're trailing three, right? Got the football because the Colts are just absolute boobs. I mean, just you, you want to take out a, a drive to show a team what not to do to finish out a game? Take out the Colts and Packers game, end of regulation. Indianapolis trying to run out the clock, and they come up with 15,000 offensive holding penalties. I mean, it was comical. It really was. So Packers end up getting the football back uh, about a minute and a half left, needing a field goal, right? They uh, they throw a long pass uh, on third down, complete timeout Packers with uh, 50 seconds left. Now, they didn't necessarily need to call a timeout. I thought in that uh, instance they could have gone up and run another play, but I get it. It was 45 yards down the field. You got one timeout left, so they decided to use it there. Okay, let's, uh, let's go from there. Then they throw a pass, which is complete over the middle, with 40 seconds left. Here's mistake number one for Rodgers. He spikes the football. Now, this was not a long pass. This was, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. Plenty of time for the Packers offense to run up to the line and run a play, right? He ends up running up to the line, spiking the ball. Mistake number one. Now, they get another pass right after that that is, again, caught over the middle, first down again. This time with, with about 30 seconds left. He spikes the ball again. And I'm telling my daughter as we're watching the game, you don't need to spike the football there. You have plenty of time. You know, this is not four-down territory. You're down three. You're kicking a field goal on fourth down. So you just pissed away a down. So they end up not scoring a touchdown because they did have to kick the field goal on fourth down. And, you know, Rodgers cost them a, a full play by spiking the ball that second time. Inexperience. That that was a rookie mistake and it cost Green Bay the big one. Otherwise they would have scored a touchdown and won the regulation. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.